Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine in our series Logistics in Motion. And with me today is Peter Hawkins. And with me today is Arno Mello. Hello, Peter. We're back here on episode nine. So, what are we talking about today? Well, we're in a new year with some new adventures and some old problems. Folks, <laughs> we still have some supply chain tragedies going on. So I think it's really important for people to understand just how the uh, coronavirus is affecting supply chain. Because you see the results and you hear the complaints and all that kind of stuff. But in fact, stuff is evolving all the time. So what I wanted to stress is just what is happening. At the manufacturing level, around the world, there are many, many people who are not at work. They're not at work because they're sick or because the rules say they can't return because they've tested positive or they've been exposed. So as a result, many factories could be taking orders, but they're not making the products. So we have this delay. Then we have the delay in the trucking that happens at origin. Then we, because of course we have truckers who are sick and then truckers who need to be vaccinated in order to cross borders and things like that. Then we have problems with crew. Well, we have problems at the ports because we have uh, people who are sick at the port or people who have been exposed at the port. And then we have problems with the crews that are actually on the ships. Some uh, ships are um, stuck because their entire crew is uh, in isolation of some kind. And so they're trapped. Um, and as a result, there is a backlog because um, a lot of ships are arriving at uh, the ports here in North America. But, of course, they can't move forward because they're not being allowed, allowed in and people are coming out of order. And so now there's just a backlog, long line of ships. Then in addition to that, when they do arrive, they're not offloaded because, of course, the ports are suffering from uh, absenteeism because of uh, people being ill. Either they're sick or they have to be off because of the rules locally. Um, at whatever jurisdiction the port is in. Finally, the stuff is offloaded. And now by this time, we've added days and days and days and days and weeks in some cases to, to the shipping. And um, if this was a perishable product, it becomes a real problem because it's now certainly not fresh. And if this were a um, refrigerated problem or something that was uh, part of the cold chain and they didn't have electricity while it was being stored, well, that's not preserved. So we have greater risks happening there. Then, of course, we have uh, finally the thing is either put on the rail or, or given to a truck. The container is given to a truck and the truck is heading out. But the truck drivers have to struggle through um, whether or not they are uh, healthy or vaccinated, depending on if they're going to cross an international border, because now we have some issues with whether or not they can cross a border. We had uh, at one point in uh, the last few days here in the middle of the month, we had people say, um, yes, they uh, can cross. And then uh, we immediately had to turn around. No, they can't cross. And that's both directions, both from the U.S. to Canada and Canada to the U.S. Big problem. Big problem with messaging. Big problem with everything else. And in the meantime, the uh, owner of the cargo, the person who is importing the cargo, is really panicking. He can't get the stuff. And uh, so the stuff has not been delivered. It has not been offloaded. It has not been put into the shops and made available for sale. And on top of that, in the various places where people do pipe products, it's already back down in lockdown. And uh, at least in Ontario, it's obviously different in, in Alberta and different again in BC. But when you're in lockdown, you're limited to how many people can be in the store at the same time and uh, what purchases can happen. So all of these delays are compounded. All of these delays are going to continue. Now, there has been some big meetings happening, and there's going to be more meetings with the Minister of Trade, the Minister of Health, and the Minister of Transportation. And uh, Minister Champagne actually had a very interesting observation. 
He said, um, we have always had just-in-time delivery over the last decade. But in fact, it is now going to be about resiliency, not about efficiency. So I think that's very, very interesting because we're no longer doing just-in-time. We are doing just-get-it-to-me. And with that in mind, we have costs. Costs have gone exponentially high. If you have... Uh, crews that are stuck on ships and have to be paid more because they're being paid by by the length of time that they're on there, then there's costs there. If there's demurge at the ports, at the various uh, bonded warehouses and warehouses, there's costs added there. If there is anybody attempting to rush something, um, whenever there is rush, there is always cost. But in fact, I've seen people charge for rush and rush never happens. And I think that's ridiculous. So it really is a frustrating time. And in addition to that, there is a frustration with the messaging. We are all quick to blame supply chain, but in fact, it is the virus is here. We're trying to address the virus. We're trying to find the ways to deal with the virus, but the science is changing. And so I understand why the messaging is confusing sometimes because we have various organizations that can provide the messaging, but they are learning things at different times and they have different agendas. The health ministries, of course, are number one to protect the people. They're not about protecting the supply chain. The trade ministries are about protecting the economy and the trade problems and uh, trade success. And the transportation uh, ministry is out to protect the uh, the actual supply chain flow. So all of this proves to be very complicated. And it is it is confusing and frustrating, particularly when you see things like truckers can cross with no uh, proof of vaccination. And then 24 hours later, no, they have to show proof of vaccination. Well, some of those loads are already in process and now they're stuck. They can't cross. They need a new driver who is vaccinated in the cases where they don't have one. So this policy struggle is um, really difficult to deal with. It's difficult to communicate to people, especially if you're not on top of the news. And if you're actually on top of the news, it's still confusing because you're getting all these different messages all the time. So the best thing that we have found that we can do is we get an update every day and we try to operate from that update each day. And um, we try to remind everybody that there are delays. We have to remind everybody that they need to pay attention to the communications that are being sent out. We found over Christmas, uh, quite a few people had, uh, uh, you know, accepted some information that happened before Christmas. And then as we are updating through the holiday, uh, they were away. They weren't looking at emails. They weren't paying attention and didn't have somebody in place. And suddenly were in shock when they returned two weeks later to find that the cargo hadn't moved. Well, if, if you're expecting a container, if you're expecting a shipment, you have to stay up on top of it. You really do need to take some responsibility here in order to educate yourself and to be in the know. Now, again, if you're not getting regular communication from your freight forwarder and from your transportation provider, then then you should demand it. But if you are getting it and ignoring it or not paying attention to it or, or just, you know, away, then that's that's also a very serious problem problem because there are some things that can be rectified quite quickly. But this is a constantly moving target. This is the information is changing. The virus is changing. So it really is important for everybody to understand that there are delays all along. Shipping is much more risky. Costs are much higher. And the only thing we can do is do our best to stay on top of the information and convey that information as clearly as possible, even if it is information that is changing. 
What we try to do with our clients is give them the best possible information we have at the minute. When we hear something new, we are trying to convey that to them as well. And so we'll get people who will be uh, three or four people on the same email chain and will say one person will have read everything and know what's going on, but another person will have only read the middle email and not the latest email, and then there'll be suddenly this flurry of phone calls. It really is up to everybody to pay attention to everything in order to make this communication easy. So I'm not actually bawling people out and being mad at people or anything like that, but what I'm trying to say is... Things are changing all the time. The information is changing all the time. The information is being shared, but you must pay attention to the most recent information you get. If you don't have that recent information, then reach out to your provider so that you get that information. But do understand there's very little that can be done because there are all the old tricks of great relationships with somebody. That person's off sick. And so you're actually talking to someone who is doing their best or working from home, is nowhere near the cargo, and uh, there's so little they can do. We, we have had calls from people who said, take it off the ship. Well, the ship has actually been two weeks outside the port of Vancouver, and it's on the water. There's no taking it off the ship. And so we want people to understand what's going on. And I have always, 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 always believed that the best educated client is the best client. So anything you can do to understand and learn about what actually happens to your cargo and how it gets there is gold. And one last thing I'm going to say on this point is the biggest accounts have the same problems. Okay, so you may only have one container, you may only have one pallet in one container, but I will tell you the person, the organization with 300 containers has got the same problem. So be flexible, be informed, and uh, read your emails. Yeah, and we always had rules before, right? So we, in supply chain, you had a process of, uh, you know, a container, a flight, a truck, and uh, those processes, they remain the same. But of course, as you explained, Peter, they have been aggravated by all these other factors and COVID, of course. So, and when you tell a client, look, I, I can't get your container or it's not on the rail yet, they get upset because they normally didn't have a delay before and now they're having further and further delays. And we are not also getting the information from the steamship line or from the airline as fast as we used to get. Because as you said, people are not in the office, they're working from home, they are overwhelmed with information. So all that delay is just aggravating for everyone. It's just just terrible. And you know what I totally forgot to put in there too? Weather. Oh my we, God. Yeah. We had a month and a half of terrible rain in the West Coast, really impacting what was going on and moving uh, cargo. We have had avalanches, rock slides, and floods. And then now we have shockingly cold weather and uh, mm -hmm. uh, difficulties there too. And we're about to have a big snowstorm. So all of these things are impacting. So do I say stop buying, stop ordering? No, I'm not saying any of that. But I am saying understand what's going on. We have been uh, asked by clients sometimes, oh, I have a product ready to, for pickup in Shenzhen, and we end up sending the truck to Shenzhen, and the product is not ready. It has not been manufactured. And what's happening is people are looking at a timeline and sending notes back and forth, but they aren't fully understanding that perhaps it hasn't been made, perhaps it hasn't been picked up, perhaps the driver's not working well, perhaps the port's not working well, perhaps customs is not working well, perhaps the, the ship costs 
crossing the ocean is not working well. Perhaps the ship is delayed entering the port. Have, perhaps the port is delayed offloading the cargo. Perhaps the trucker picking up the cargo is uh, not vaccinated and not efficient for one reason or another. Then there are weather delays. Then there are cross-country delays. And um, then there's problems actually receiving cargo in a warehouse here because, of course, you have the same problem of uh, staff being away or being off because of illness or because of the rules. So uh, all of these factors are really adding into the difficulties in the world. And we do have to look at how we do things. We have to look at resiliency. We have to look at the best possible way that we can get the product the consumer wants, get the product you have bought. And um, there will be more ways as yet uh, that uh, we will look at this through the year. But I want to warn people now, start planning for resiliency now. Because as I said, the Christmas gift you ordered last year that you didn't get, you're not getting it next year either. And so you really have to plan now for things way down the pipe. Yeah. And uh, if... <laughs> If planning was always the case, now it's it's even more important. And and talk to your freight forwarder. We always talk here about the value of a freight forwarder and uh, not leaving everything to a steamship line to deal for you or or manage for you because they have uh, limited capabilities in terms of customs, in terms of flexibility of a warehouse flexibility of a, a delivery of a container once it reaches the port. A freight forwarder has many channels and many permits that can help you manipulate your cargo when you are on perhaps a final crisis of a, of a timeline. So, you know, keep it open. Uh, talk to an, a freight forwarder, exchange some information and, uh, you know, be attentive to the news because everything changes to the minute. I was almost reluctant to bring up this topic, even though it is front and center, right in front of our faces every minute of every day. But because things are changing so fast, it's very hard to give concrete information. The only thing we can give is the most up-to-date information that we have at our fingertips. That's what we can offer. And we do offer it. And we do have that information ahead of anybody Yep. Right, We belong to CIFA, the Canadian International Freight Forwarders Association, and we receive daily accurate reports what's happening in Canada and in the world, in the world of logistics and supply chain. So we know before it hits the news, what is the next crisis that are going to happen. So having that information is precious and and sharing that with our client is that that's what they get that's why they deal with us that's why they trust us and uh and that's why it's so important to work with someone that you trust so that is our uh covid update for this minute <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh we'll be back in a moment with uh part two of our podcast That was our COVID wrap-up to the minute because <laughs> everything changes so quickly. Now we're going to talk about uh, something that everybody talks about at the beginning of a new year, and that is predictions for the year. So what I'm thinking is uh, what's going to happen? 
what's going to happen with supply chain? What's going to happen with the virus? What's going to happen to the food on your table? Lately, I've been seeing lots of serious concerns about food insecurity, and that is a big issue because, of course, not only does that worry about having supplies of food in the supermarkets, but it's about the price of food. The price of food is increasing dramatically. So what I think should happen is that we are going to have some tightening of, of uh, getting the stuff into the shelves that people can buy and put on their table. But I also think the way to get around that is not to buy more, but is to buy uh, less more often. The trouble with that is, of course, you end up going and exposing yourself more, and that's a, a terrible thing. But I also have a feeling, and it's only a feeling, that... Um, the virus will become endemic. And in fact, we will find a way to weather this just as we've weathered everything else. My mom just had her 98th birthday in uh, the end of December. And she said, look, I've been through the Great Depression. I went through World War II. And uh, she said, I went through the swing in 60s and the the, uh, greedy 80s. And I've been in the 90s watching what's going on in the world. And I've been in the social media revolution. And she said, we all get by, we get through. And I think uh, that philosophy is actually what's going to happen. We're going to get through. But in the supply chain arena, when it comes to food, it is a case that um, uh, things will become more expensive and uh, more planning is required. Arno, when it comes yeah. to trucking, do you have any comments on that? Of what, do you, what do you think is going to happen in the trucking world this year? Well, trucking uh, faced a real challenge in the last two years, right, with regulations and everything else and now COVID and now... You know, do truckers need to be fully vaccinated to come to Canada? And in the beginning, the government said, uh, no, they don't have it. So now they might have it. So this is really affecting uh, trucking. There is, We see delays happening everywhere. Uh, another trend, Peter, that I see is the lack of warehousing, right, in Canada. Because, uh, first of all, the prices are through the roof. You cannot get warehousing whenever you wanted to get in a warehouse. Everybody is full because... Uh, manufacturing is producing more because they have to pay more for freight and they're trying to ship more and put it in warehousing to have it ready or stock. So warehouse prices just are uh, insane at the moment. And what else has happened with the warehousing, of course, in our area is Amazon bought everything. Oh, yeah. So, in fact, uh, you know, you have the richest company in the world buying up the warehouse space or occupying the warehouse Mm -hmm. space and paying top dollar for it. It gets very hard for everybody else. So, um, you know, this is an issue that's not going away. It's going to continue and you have to pay attention to it. Yeah. And um, another thing that we see a trend uh, last year, you're talking about food and just I just remember that it's CFIA, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. So. In 2019, they started uh, this uh, new uh, import procedure. You have to be a registered importer, you have to get a license, and you have to have a recall plan of your food item, depending where you sell it, what you sell it. So starting last year, they're really uh, tightening the, the rules on you know the manual you have to do to recall food and reviewing every single account. So if you are an importer of food dealing 
with CFIA. So you need to make sure your information is accurate, um, is up to date, because we have clients that have imported since 2019 with, with the license from CFIA. And then all of a sudden, we're doing the same type of shipments, the same type of importation. And then CFIA will just throw something at us or at our broker and saying, I'm missing this, I'm, this needs to be updated. So uh, we're seeing reports from different clients that their CFIA account is constantly changing. So if you're importing food, watch out. There's uh, two other things that I think are fascinating to watch right now. Environmental, social, and governance issues for companies is very hot, very hot. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people are getting involved, and they're getting involved because it's kind of a win-win. If you can be seen to be addressing these issues in your company, uh, something that is seen as good, is seen as a good marketing tool. I mean, obviously, if you can really achieve what's going on in this in these issues, that's fantastic. That's a real win. But in terms of actual trade, people want to be dealing with companies that are doing the best they can. What happens, though, is when push comes to shove and if things are more expensive and it's costing us more and more because we're limiting what we do in order to protect and behave appropriately in one of these three areas, um, it's going to be a problem. So I think uh, greater scrutiny is going to be coming up. We're going to pay a lot more attention to greenwashing, a lot more attention to companies that talk the talk but don't walk the walk. And um, it'll be very interesting for us moving forward to see how valuable that really is. Now, something else I think that we have to pay attention to is weather. The weather is volatile and the weather is changing. So we will still have the fires that are going to come up. We'll still have the uh, floods. We're still going to have the dramatic changes in weather. I think that, and the weather overall, though, I think is actually going to get drier, even though you see these bouts of, of heavy, heavy rain for short periods of time. I think that'll be something that we should all be paying attention to and trying to address. Yeah. And just to wrap it up, I think it's important to talk about the people who uh, work in the industry. I think we're going to find that there will be um, a greater demand for people to um, be hired. There'll be greater expectation that the industry will accept foreign credentials. And so we'll see a lot more newcomers landing jobs that they deserve to have. We'll also see... Um, a wider kind of, of uh, supply chain job. We'll find more people who are doing operations from home. We'll, um, they'll never see the cargo. They'll be far away from it. But in fact, the cargo may not be traveling as far anyway. I just think what's going to happen here is we will have uh, accelerated change. So we are going to see more opportunity for people. We are going to see um, greater struggles and greater challenges. Um, but ultimately, we are going to find workarounds. We are going to find ways to address it. And um, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of 2022. I believe the big story will not be the virus anymore. It's going to be something else. And uh, so I think this is exciting. I'm looking forward to the future. It'll be challenging. It will be challenging, but it will be worthwhile. Thank you, Peter Hawkins. Thank you to everyone listening to our podcast. We come to the end of episode nine and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.